freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting, Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> All right, let's go. It is the Brock and Salt Show this morning here on Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, and the Seattle Sports app. We're on all three, wherever you want to find us on podcasts, platforms. We're there as well, each and every one of them. Good to be with you guys on August 1st. It is trade deadline day, big Tuesday. Hello, everyone. This is my favorite day. I do love it. Even though the calendar's turning to August, nothing puts me in a good mood quite like seeing the constant trade barrage all over ESPN, MLB Network, wherever you happen to be watching or listening here on this station or elsewhere. It's just great Twitter or X, I guess, as I should now say, or however you get your news. I love it. I love today. It takes I me love so long to find the app on my phone every time now. It's not in the same place it used to be. Well, it was a blue bird before, and now it's a black X. But did it move? I mean, like, didn't you have Twitter in like a easily locatable spot? It's like right under like TikTok. They're both black boxes now. It's. Do you, it's know, have, a, just, do you have pages of apps more? Or do you have folders? Is it you just swipe in for apps? Yeah, just, just I have a couple of yeah home okay. screens on my phone. Okay. I just. Swipe too, yeah. It confused me. The first I keep mine on days. the first page. Like I just, I mean, I use it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's on my it's first page there. too. But I like thought it was missing. Well, it seems like colors are very important to you, Maura. Like you've <laughs> got to have the right color in order to determine anything. I'm the opposite of Brock. Who did I see? Somebody on was saying that they that they actually color code their apps, which I thought was a terrible idea. Oh, you know who it was? It was Piper Shaw, who I ran into last night, and I should have asked her about this because it was a terrible idea. If you color code your apps, each spot looks the same. Like, that seems like a, a challenging way to find apps quickly. Yeah, it does. I know. Uh, you know what? Next yeah. time I see her, I'll talk to her about that and see if I can help her along. Anyway, uh, the Mariners obviously make a deal yesterday. Let's start off with that. Paul Seawald is out. Dominic Canzone and others are in. Immediate reaction. What does it mean? Are they selling? Was it the white flag? Everybody said they were waving. I wore my white shirt today just to, uh, I don't know, imitate said white flag. I don't think this was a white flag deal. But if it happens as the only deal the Mariners make, I know that it will feel a very, very uninspired. It will feel very unsatisfying, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. If they had traded him for younger players, I mean, look, Canzone's a major league player right now. I know he hasn't played a lot of games in the major leagues, but he's a major league player. He was hitting fifth or sixth depending on the day in the in the Arizona lineup for a team that's got a better record than you do. So they believe that he is a major league player and in theory an upgrade, a guy who can help them over the course of the next few weeks. Would they feel that way if Jared Kelnick hadn't gotten hurt? I don't know. Maybe they would have gone in a different direction. But right now they see a young athletic guy who can run, steal bases, play defense at all three outfield positions and first base. Yes, the fact that that is listed as part of his uh, repertoire did not escape me, given some of the problems they've had getting production from their first baseman this year. That sort of jumped out to me as a possibility. 
Um, they believe he can help right away. The other two guys, look, Rojas is probably just going to replace Colton Wong. I mean, I don't know how else that goes. That's a utility infielder who right now is a left-handed bat that can be better than Colton Wong, which means, you know, a serviceable player, mm-hmm. right? They're not asking him to be a star. They're asking him to not be Colton Wong, who I can't imagine is here after one o'clock today. So, okay. That part is, is sort of reasonably acceptable, um, and then you're taking a flyer on a young kid who maybe turns into something uh, who's young, short. That's uh, Ryan Bliss. He's like five foot seven or something. He's very short, but he hits. So maybe that's something down the line. The question is, were you and are you OK with trading your closer for a essentially three players, including one guy that you think can help you right away? And I guess my answer to that is I'm OK with it. I don't know if it's the direction I would have gone with it. I'm okay with trading. You thought Paul they were going to get more for him, right? Well, not more because they were they got what they want. They got what the market was willing to 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 bear. I guess what I would say is I might have preferred Paul Seawald for one player as opposed to three players. And that's not necessarily a criticism. If all of these guys turn out to be great, awesome. But I, if I'm doing the buy sell thing. I guess I'm looking maybe for somebody that I feel more confident in as opposed to somebody who could hopefully become something. It's not a shot at Canzone. Fun little player. Might be great. Maybe he's the next Mitch Haniger, right? I mean, that's sort of the the way they got Mitch Haniger, sort of the way they got Ty France, sort of the way they got Luis Torrens. I mean, some of those have worked out better than others, but that's been a sort of the way they got Abraham Toro. I mean, like, again, some have worked out better than others have. So I'm not criticizing the strategy. Yeah, but Paul Seawald has been proven right. locked down this and year. And if you were doing a buy-sell thing... You know, could or or even if you were just straight selling on Seawald for somebody who could help you next year, could you have gotten a guy that you just want one for one with? That's a strategic decision. I don't know what was available for them. Maybe there what maybe that guy didn't exist for Paul Seawald. That's what makes it so hard to judge trades as opposed to everything else. They're not you don't know what else they could have done. Am I okay with this trade in a vacuum? Yes. Do I want to see it in context of everything else that happens today? Absolutely. Right. I mean, he's an outfielder who they think should play every day right now. That's the first thing I know about this trade. They believe Canzone should play every day starting today. Okay. Well, whose spot is he going to take? Is it Cade Marlowe or is it Teoscar Hernandez? Because my guess is. Hey, Oscar's probably not going to be here by the end of the day. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at Julio in center, Cade Marlowe in left, and this kid in right. Man, what a different outfield than we It's a really different outfield. Wow. And Cade Marlowe has played pretty well. I mean, like, give the kid credit. I like what he's done so far. But now you're talking about a major league outfield where Julio's the veteran. Odd. On the other hand, it's a major league outfield where, in theory, all three guys can run around and defend because, quite frankly, Teo's been a disaster defensively in right field for the last, well, four months. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, you know, that makes me nervous. I would absolutely think that a veteran presence would be necessary. On the other hand, the veterans have done so terribly this year that to sit around saying this team needs a veteran feels ridiculous, Right. Well, they need a veteran. Okay, what? Like Teo? The veteran's the guy with the worst plate discipline on the team. Cade Marlowe's giving you a better at bat right now than Teo is. 
Now, maybe that will change if and when, you know, the league starts to figure out what he's doing and develops a plan against them. But you get my point. Mm -hmm. The veterans, Colton Wong's a veteran. Is he giving you a professional at bat every time out? Uh, No. A.J. Pollock was a veteran. Thank God they dealt him away yesterday for nothing. But those guys were giving you three of the worst at bats on the team. So I don't know that I can sit here and say you absolutely needed to get you know more veteran presence to help you down the stretch. On the other hand, you win again last night. You're only three games out. I mean, they're right there. They're right in the middle of it. There were only five games behind Texas, for God's sakes. Five. We've lost it. three in a row. I got a text message from my dad that I never thought I'd get last night. And it just said, freaking big dumper. Wow. <laughs> Dad, upset about Cal just hitting bombs once again. Well, he certainly likes playing against the Red Sox. I mean, like, he just opened up a can of whoop, right? I mean, he just absolutely destroyed a couple of pitches yesterday. Swing, high fly ball. Right field, hanging up there by the foul pole. It is fair. It is gone. It's a home run. It's Cal Raleigh two and the Red Sox one. His second bomb tonight has put the Mariners in front in the bottom of the seventh. So, yeah, it was a nice win for the Mariners last night. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But it keeps you right in position to make today very interesting. I don't think this team is done. I do think more is left to come. Uh, I got a uh, I got a, t- a text here saying Rojas can be a much larger factor in the trade than you're indicating. You might be right. And he did have good years the last couple of years, having a down year this year. But if he's an improvement on Colton Wong here down the stretch and he kind of goes platoon with Caballero, does that make you better? Sure. So I I don't look at yesterday as a sell. I can't look at it as a buy, but you traded a year and two months of Paul Seawald for six years of Canzone from some time with Rojas and a prospect who maybe, you know, is a lottery ticket turns into something. I can't argue with that trade. Are you better today than you were yesterday? You might be. Yeah. I, I mean, is your organization better? Yes. Is your major league team I just don't know enough about watching these two guys, Kenzone and Rojas, to know the answer to that. So I'll give you an answer in a couple of months. Sorry to be a pain in the butt. Everybody seems to like these guys. They can hit. Kenzone was also their 19th rated prospect. So it's not like you got a dude where you're like, hey, top five guy. Like He was not a big prospect for them, but he's hit at every level. Mm-hmm. So if he hits and he does everything he's he's capable of doing, it'll be a great trade. And if he turns into any number of other guys that have kind of come and gone over the years, if he's the next Sam Haggerty, well, then this will probably not be a very good trade when it's all said and done. And you'll wonder what else they could have gotten for Paul Seawald. So, all right, we'll come right back. We'll give you everything you need to know, including the latest on the deadline, everything that's going on today. Uh, Seahawks were in pads yesterday. Got some observations from that, which was awesome. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. 
Well, kind of a busy day before the deadline yesterday. The Mariners certainly in the near-seller category. They deal Paul Sewald in exchange for three players. Infielder Josh Rojas, outfielder first base Dominic Canzone. He's Arizona's number 19 prospect. And then infielder Ryan Bliss. Canzone, the prize of the deal, at least for now. Athletic guy. He's hit at every level. He doesn't strike out much. So there is some value to what he brings to this year's team. But obviously, you're trading a year and a half of Paul Sewald for six years of Canzone. There is an element of this that helps your organizational strength, not just what you're doing this year. Scott Service on what he's seen and heard about his new guys. I thought they're very, first of all, they're both left-handed hitters. Um, and it you know, will help our lineup. Uh, you can see our lineup is predominantly right-handed. Uh, so they're young guys. They're very athletic players. They're good defenders. They can run. Um, so it's more of the athletic, you know, make things happen on the field both the guys uh, hit the fastball very well against us in arizona um you know so i think you know again you have to wait and see how things play out but you know on paper it looks like it'd be a good addition to our lineup uh, this year right a good addition to their lineup this year He's going to be more helpful down the road he's still a young player 25 and just cracked the big leagues this year but I think this is helpful, more helpful later. We'll see how it goes. Rojas should play against righties. I think he essentially replaces Colton Wong by the end of the day today. And also yesterday, the Mariners sent A.J. Pollock to San Francisco for a little cash or a player to be named later. I would have probably given some cash to the Giants in order for them to just take him out of Seattle. Regardless, Scott Service again, hoping the new guys are ready to help right away. I say all that and... Um here probably the next 24 hours we'll have a couple new guys uh on the roster suited up and hopefully they can help us you know continue to try to make up some ground here in this uh, playoff hunt we'll have more on that playoff hunt in just a moment the other side of this it's sad to see paul seawald go I, i just you know personally i count me among essentially everyone in the media who had positive dealings with paul seawald he was incredibly friendly nice easy to talk to, normal dude who just so happened to play baseball for a living and almost didn't. I mean, his story of his wife essentially telling him, give this one more shot, and that being the year where all of a sudden he really makes it as a big league player, it's an incredible story, and I think uh, he will be as missed here as he plans to miss this place. going to miss this place. He's an amazing three years. It changed my life, changed my career, um, you know, personally, professionally, and and, uh, you know, I owe a lot to the people here, and, and I feel like I gave them everything I had for three years. And um, it's going to be tough, and you know, but Diamondbacks were – they traded for me, which meant they wanted me more. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited to get to Arizona and do what I can. Yeah, it's going to be a bummer. Uh, what comes next? We'll see. If you want to open up room for these two major leaguers, got to imagine Wong is gone, and we'll see about Teo by the end of the day today. Here's the second thing you need to know. Here's what I say at the end of the day. I really just mean noon. That's when the deadline is. Great win for the Mariners last night, although it didn't start off well. They look like maybe they were a little shook emotionally as they made two throwing errors on one play to turn a stolen base into a run. But you know what? They dominated from there. George Kirby didn't have his best command, but he did go five strong. The offense did enough. Two home runs for Cal Raleigh. A four-run eighth inning to tack on. Julio delivering basically the fatal blow in the eighth. 
And then a new-look bullpen that got it done, even without Paul Seawald. Campbell looks in, looking to end it. Here's the stretch and the 3-2 pitch. Swinging a line shot. Diving catch, J.P. Crawford. Behind the bag at second. Robbing. I mean robbing. Yoshida, a base hit, and the ball game is over. A tremendous flying, diving, spectacular catch by J.P. Crawford to end it. And the Mariners win it 6-2 over the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, it was a heck of a game and an unbelievable play for J.P. Crawford, who had made a tough one earlier in the game and booted what looked to be a double play ball, and instead they got an even better play from Caballero there. They got a, two really nice plays from Eugenio Suarez. Defense really picking them up yesterday. The win puts them just five games out in the division, three and a half out in the wild card. Back at it tonight, Bryce Miller on the hill. Here's the third thing you need to know. Before I went to the ballpark yesterday, went out to Seahawks practice. First day of pads for them, and it was just about as feisty as you would want it to be. The defense, I know they've been the much bigger question mark than the offense, but if you were watching yesterday, they were absolutely the better unit. They frustrated the offense really throughout practice. Bobby Wagner, pretty happy with his group. Uh, The D-line did such a good job. The ball never really made it up to us, to be honest. They were attacking the ball in the backfield, so... um... You know, which I'm okay with. So they were in the backfield every every play, and they, they really set the tone for us today. And so, you know, that's something that we're going to look for, you know, all season. Yeah, that was uh, pretty impressive. The outside linebackers especially were good. Uh, Mafe and Nuosu Hall all had plays that stood out at some point during practice. So that was great to see. DK Metcalf just pretty much excited to start hitting. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was fun, uh, you know, just running to uh for us to get to hit each other and, you know, for the defense to finally stop complaining about, you know, that's a sack or that's not a sack. So, uh, I mean, it's just fun just just to finally run into somebody and you know, not get in trouble for it. Not get in trouble for it, which means, obviously, there was no hitting that happened whatsoever before yesterday. That's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour. It is a lot better. I did watch, uh, and we'll get to it later. I did immediately park myself in front of the one-on-one pass rushing drills. They did it right off the bat to start practice yesterday, right in front. It was great, great theater. Uh, I know Dre Jones had told us that he was a little nervous, that he would get anxious about it. He seemed to be just fine. I saw some video. He... He overpowered whoever he was going up against. Yeah, he had a, I think there was one against uh, Island where he overpowered him, but Island actually had a decent day. I don't even really know who that is, but saw him have a couple of other nice uh, reps. So, yeah, no, I'll give you f- some full takeaways. Hall had the shorts going again. Don't worry. And they oh, definitely seem to help him in uh, in his play. Easy both to spot that way. Easy, yeah. Which, where's, oh, there's Hall. Yep, no, he's the one with the shorts. Yep, he's the one with the legs. Without the shorts. Yeah, you know where he is at all moments. All right, uh, we got a lot of baseball to talk today, obviously, going through what the Mariners did yesterday and what is still left to come. What do you make of it? Drop us a text at 866-979-3776. Before we come back to that, it's also a big football day with the pads coming on yesterday. We had an opportunity to talk to Quandre Diggs, who did something I've never seen before in a practice field. I asked him about it. You'll hear it next you're listening to brock and salk powered through the alaska airline studio on seattle sports and the seattle sports app we're going to talk to Quandre Diggs, excuse me, coming up here in just a moment. He's walking over uh, to our headset, and we'll have an opportunity to chat with him. We'll get back to some Mariner conversation with the 
With the uh, deadline rapidly approaching, Brock, we'll do that at 9 o'clock. And uh, I know you've got some numbers and some stats. I've heard other people kind of bring up the fans and whether or not the fan base should factor into it. So uh, we'll continue to try to figure out what direction they need to go as we uh, dig into that at 9 and probably even more so at 930 because there's just a lot there. But right now, joining us from Seahawks training camp, Quandre Diggs, Seahawks safety. Quandre, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? Well, we're doing great. Thanks for uh, being with us. I know we had you briefly uh, a week, couple weeks ago as you were on the golf course, but today we can uh, kind of focus. Get you I, in your home today. Exactly. Yes. I, I saw you do something yesterday. I don't think I've ever seen at practice. You and I, I kind of just curious about the mentality and about whether or not there are repercussions. So you come up with the interception, which was awesome. You run it back a little ways. You get to the sideline. You're down, and you take the ball and chuck it into the berm, which I've never seen anyone do. Throw it straight to the fans on the berm. First of all, planned? Did you even know you did it? And then do you get fined the way you would in a game if you threw a ball into the stands? (laughs) I mean, it definitely wasn't planned. I mean, I just kind of react off emotion. I mean, for me, I'd just be having fun, really. Um I'm part of the equipment staff, so no, I won't get fined. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just me having fun, enjoying the fans, being at practice. And um, at the end of the day, it's about making the game fun. And for me, you know what I mean? Why not be the first person to throw the ball in the stands and let the fans enjoy a, a game ball? And, you know, whoever caught it, I hope they got well, to enjoy it. And um, There's a good story I, there. I don't know. Did I, you, see, you didn't see what happened with the ball? No, I did not see. So the ball goes, and there's two kids. One probably, I don't know, six, seven years old. The other maybe ten. And they both went hard after it, and the six-year-old just got dropped. I mean, he went down hard on his behind. And the ten-year-old sort of jumped on it like it was a fumble, and now it was his ball. And Moore and I were concerned the six-year-old was going to start crying, but he didn't. He, he manned up, no problems, and you know what? The bigger kid gave him the football a minute later. <laughs> that's funny, but no, nah, that's dope. About a six, about a ten-year-old, and that's a lot of heart by the six-year-old. Yeah, so, he took uh, a hit. <laughs> oh, man, I wish we had film of that. But, uh, <laughs> but no, nah, that's dope, man. I'm glad that I was able it was able to go to a kid and it wasn't a grown-up, yeah. you know, fighting over a ball and not giving it to a kid. So, you know, uh, that 10-year-old had that memory forever, and so would that 6-year-old. <laughs> he <laughs> teaching, teaching toughness in life. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm not even being trying to be that guy, like be a jerk. I'm and I'm just trying to remember, Quandre. What, what were they? Some of your interception returns and stuff last year that Pete did. What, what did Pete have a hard time with some of that? Did he give you a hard time about? <laughs> help me understand. I'm not even trying to be that guy right now. I'm trying to honestly remember because part of me does remember Pete kind of getting on you about some of your returns, or am I misremembering? I wouldn't call it getting on me. You know what I mean? I think. Me and Pete have a great relationship where he understands me, I understand him. I understand I can have fun with the ball, and then I got to tuck it. You know what I mean? So we came to a mutual decision. You know, I, maybe I'll put the ball up for a quick second and tuck it really fast as long as I'm not in traffic. But um, I'm t- I told you guys last year I would watch Ed Reed film the night before the game. Not Ed Reed. I seen Deion Sanders. Well, Ed Reed did it too, but I seen Deion Sanders do it. And he caught a pick. He put it in his put it in the sky, and it just for me it kind of triggered. So I'm like, I'm gonna do that. You know what I mean? I'm gonna do that. I think that's dope. So the next day I got a pick against the Jets, and I'm like, yep, 
That's me. I'm going to do that. So I did it the next week, too. So I'm like, I'm going to do it every time if I get a chance. So um, I promise to be careful with the ball. I told him, you know, I'm a former quarterback, so my awareness is pretty high. So um, we'll work through it. I'm sure I'll get they'll, – they'll kill me in a team meeting here in 10 minutes. Which is better, a pick or pummeling a receiver over the middle and causing a fumble? Um, I mean, for me, I want to get the interception. I'm going to be honest. I love tackling and hitting people, but if I can get a pick and really change the momentum of the game, and you know what I mean? I think that's, that for me, that's a win. And that looked good on them stats, and you know what the stats mean. <laughs> Great stats great money well they're supposed to get you some more respect around the league too they're supposed to get you on top of lists but they don't seem to hey man i was a six round draft pick pick 200 and drafted drafted to the detroit lions you know what i mean i ain't never had the hype so for me i just got to go take it he is quandre Diggs. quandre i'm curious six days into camp what has stood out the most to you i think the team camaraderie i think we'll we'll we are a very close team you know offense defense special teams and you know, we have a good day. Um, we still there for the offense. The offense has a great day. We there for them. It's it's just what it is. You know what I mean? Like somebody got to have a good day. You know what I mean? It can't. You know what I mean? Somebody. It's not gonna be us winning every day. It's not gonna be them winning every day. And at the end of the day, you know, we're making each other better. So um, that's what's really been the fun aspect of this camp. It's just like how everybody vibes together. Together, everybody knows their roles and. Um, at the end of the day, it's a brotherhood, and we enjoy being around each other. Like, we truly enjoy, and I think last year is what really, you know, brought us all together with everybody doubting us, and, you know, we going out there, being able to do something special. How has Bobby added to that? It's been great. You know I mean? He just fits right in. You know I mean? He's a jokester. Um, you know, he's a leader. He's respected around here. He's a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, he is the Seattle Seahawks, so... At the end of the day, him coming and fitting back in, I mean, we're adjusting back to him. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, he he, he built this culture. He was part of the, the foundation of building this culture. So for him, he knows what it is, and uh, we follow his lead. What was going on with him and DJ Dallas yesterday? <laughs> it was just good competition, but that's where we at on this team. You know what I mean? He makes a good play. We can get in DJ's face, and everybody can surround DJ and you know, we just celebrate. We enjoy it. The offense does it with us. They do the same thing. So at the end of the day, good, fun competition. And, um, you know, today will be another good day. Quandre, that's what it feels like. It feels like, at least through the clips and the highlights and even the, the videos that the Seahawks have put out in the social media realms, it's been, hey, there's been some touchdowns, but then there were three picks yesterday. And then there were, you know, some, some big plays. And, and I'll tell you one that jumped out a little bit just because it jumped out a lot last year was stopping the run. Kenny McIntosh had a beautiful run, and I know you're not in pads, but he cuts it back across the field and makes another cut and, and kind of gets out. And, and a lot of Seahawks fans were hitting me up like, hey, man, how are we going to stop the run this year? How are we going to stop the run? Because that looked too much like last year at times where you're at the third level in that running game, and it's, it's you having to deal with a lot of that. How do you think from your safety perspective the guys in that front can impact the run game more this year? I mean, I think they're doing a, a great job. I think um, – at the end of the day, you know, um, like you say, we're not in shoulder pads. We're not in helmets. Um, it's literally combine drills with a helmet on. You know what I mean? So um, he's made some great plays. Don't get it wrong. You know, Kenny's a great, great back. I was surprised to see him fall to the seventh round because, I, of course, you watch Georgia on TV. He's making great plays. He's doing those things. So I'm not surprised by that, um, him making great plays. But at the end of the day, um, it's been a lot more good than it's been bad. You know what I mean? And. Um, 
He's made some plays where, of course, you come out here for camp, the running backs break through the second level. Bobby has already tapped his hip. Three other guys have tapped his hip. He break out, run. The crowd starts cheering. It looks great. You know what I mean? Like, you got hit three times already. You know what I mean? So, How much do you um, hate that? I, I just I watch these every year, and every year I'm surprised there's not a fight because some running back decides to run all the way to the end zone after he's clearly down. I mean, that's what they're taught to do. They, they set the tempo for us. So mm-hmm. um, for them, that's what they're taught to do. That's their job. So I can't be mad at them. It's more of the fans not understanding the game. And, um, okay, I understand he, he, he broke. And it looks like he broke a 30-yard 30 30 run. But like I say, he's been touched three or four times <laughs> so he would have three or four bruises on him from getting up from guys tattooing him so let's not get carried away but like i say kenny's been making great plays and um you know today we put on pads so we'll see and along those lines put your uh, helmet on your thinking cap on here quandre uh, and i'll give you a second to think about it as i ask the question has there been a player or two over the course of your career where you're like all right i mean he's good in shorts He's good in shorts, but then the pads come on, and he's a creature. Then the pads come on, and this guy can really play the game of football. <laughs> I got you, a great one for you. Yeah, go ahead. So last year, I'll never forget, K-9 comes out here, and he's going crazy. I'm like, hold on. We're going to see when these pads come on. Like, is he really, you know what I mean? And he comes out here, and he's doing the same thing with pads on, and he's doing it in the game. I'm like, yeah. I knew he was legit from the first day I see him at practice. Like, I'm telling you, like, it was last year, and I remember telling people, I'm like, bro, we got the best young running back in the NFL. And people was like, who? I'm like, you're going to see. I'm like, you're going to see. Just watch number nine when he get out there. And when he got his chance, he went out there and killed it. So he's definitely one of those guys that um, I Can said that Can you feel that, that Quandre? Can you just feel that as a veteran player, right? Can you just yeah. feel, speak to that a little bit? Like, what? Yeah. what is it? They don't slow down when the pads go on. They play even faster. The, the impact is that much more. What do you feel? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like you can just see it. You can see that this guy, no matter if it's shorts and helmets or, you know what I mean, you in the parking lot, it doesn't matter. This guy's a football player. You know what I mean? And he really enjoys the game. So you can see that. You can feel that. And um, you can tell the guys who's really, you know, really in it and really got a chance to be really, really good. I knew that from Reek from the jump. When I seen him in training camp and the training camp he was having, I knew he had a shot to be really, really dang good. And, I mean, um, looks re- really good to me. Well, we're going to let you go here in a moment, but i just ask you, is there anybody in this camp, other than the 10-year-old who trucked the four seven-year-old kid, <laughs> is, there, is there anybody else at camp that you're excited to see today because you already kind of like what you see and you want to see it in pads? I'm excited to see uh, Mike Morris. Uh, he's been making a lot of plays. He's a big human. Um, so um, I'm excited to see him today for sure. Um, Does he ever I stop think, talking? Does he talk all the time? Mike, he's always smiling. He's a real smiley guy for a big dude. So that kind of throws me off a little bit. But um, I'm excited to see him. I'm also excited to see Jonathan Sutherland. Uh, he's been making some plays since since OTA. Yeah. So um Let's see. Cool. You know, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. I know you got meetings. We'll let you go. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Always good to catch up with you. Have a great season, man. We'll talk again. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. All right, that was Quandre Diggs, uh, who had another nice day at practice yesterday. One of the real leaders on this team. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a, an enjoyable. I like that he says that Mike Morris is smiley for a big guy. 
Are big guys generally not as smiley? Like, are they not allowed to be? Like, is that the way? It's uh, yeah, like, maybe you're supposed to be hey, sort of you're a meaner. Big guy, and... You need to be this way. See, I feel like he's kind of smiley and fun for a secondary guy. Like most of my experience with guys in the secondary is that they're the like most serious, attitude. most yeah biggest yeah. attitude, right? Because they're smaller than everybody else on the football field, and they've got to have enough attitude to hit everybody and bounce back after they give up a play that goes over their head or something like that. So I generally think the opposite, that those are the guys I don't really expect to be as smiley. But uh, I don't know. Mike Morris certainly qualifies. He is about as smiley as any football player did you, I've come across. Did uh, you notice the, na- the other name he mentioned when he said like, Jonathan, we, Suther- yeah, Jonathan did, Sutherland? Yeah, did you see him yesterday? I did. So I've watched him a few times. Uh, he, Mora definitely knows who he is. He was the one who really kind of showed up as, OTAs. Yeah, as an undrafted rookie during OTAs, oh. made a pick, et cetera. And everyone's like, oh, who's this guy? If you were to find yourself watching practice from the sidelines anywhere near Brady Henderson, you would get an earful on Jonathan Sutherland. <laughs> Brady's high man on Sutherland. Okay. Like he really likes him. It's like, oh, that guy's making the team. Well, and I think. Um, I heard someone else talking about him, too. I think one of the reasons is because he's um, good at special teams, too. And then, obviously, he would be depth because we've seen that he can – he's a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. Also, if he can get out there, I don't think he has some of the all-around skills that the guys ahead of him have. But if you can get on there as a special teams player – and yep. we've seen like a guy like Ryan Neal start getting regular playing time. He uh, has not looked out of place at any point watching him. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't know whether yesterday was a good or bad day for him. I don't know that I saw it specifically – but um, he's had a really good sort of introduction to the Seahawks as an undrafted rookie, and I don't think it will surprise anybody if he ends up making the team. So, yeah, fun stuff from Quandre yesterday. Uh, If you missed any of that, you can always check it out at uh, seattlesports.com. Today we'll be talking to Boye Mafe at 8 o'clock today. I this is a coincidence because we just sort of found out he was going to be coming on today. We didn't even it's not like we request this. It just sort of gets put into our laps. But I think he was the best player on the field yesterday. That's what I saw. Wow! Just watching practice yesterday. I thought Boye Mafe was the best player on the field, certainly on defense. DK had a pretty good day, but I thought Boye like stood out constantly. Now, fair warrant, fair, you know, sort of asterisk to that. He was working with the twos. So, you know, he wasn't doing that against Charles Cross and Abe Lucas for the most part. He was doing it against, you know, Stone Forsyth. So maybe maybe that's why. And I want to be, you know, fair to to sort of Nwosu and and uh, and Daryl Taylor, et cetera. But at least yesterday going against the twos, Derek Hall and Boye Mafe were studs. They were everywhere. They were quick, they were powerful, they were nasty. I loved watching both of them, and Boye was probably the better of the two. Yesterday, again, one quick snapshot of practice, not making a you know a final call on what I think is going to happen or, or anything like that, but at least for yesterday, Boye was spectacular. So really excited to kind of see what he grows into this year, and we'll talk to him about that. Coming up at uh, at eight o'clock this morning, I should at least take a moment here to uh, to to mention what happened to me at practice yesterday. So I go over there, and who do I see? Who are the first people I see? Bob Stelton. Oh no, <laughs> Dave Wyman. Did you run? And Mike Lefko. No, I didn't run. As a matter of fact, I embraced it head on because, as I told you. 
I have no shame or guilt about what I did yesterday. It's not about shame or guilt. It's about fear. Yeah. Uh, did they do the uh, eyes thing where they put Bob. fingers up to their eyes and point at you? I'm not and... afraid of those. I mean, I'm a little afraid of both <laughs> of them, but I'm going to tell you I'm not afraid of them. Because what are they going to do? Beat me up at practice? I mean, that's literally what the warning says. So, yeah, for those of you who missed this <laughs> yesterday, they've got the the big bag of Dots pretzels, the original. They're fantastic. The red bag. And they had written on their, you know, property of the afternoon show, do not touch or else you'll catch a beating. Whatever. This is the this is a workplace. Let's not start threatening beatings, tough guys. In any event, it was here for a week, just sitting here because they're not here at all. Like they let they they got it their last day here and then bailed. So the only person in the studio was us. We're the only ones here. So I'm staring at this freaking bag of pretzels every day for a week. And I, I thought I had great willpower last week. I knew it was there, so I didn't take it. But I come in after the weekend, it's still there. I know. I love that you treat it, though, like it's like it's fresh fish. It's been here a week. Well, if it's fresh <laughs> fish, then it's going to stale. I this is in a sealed them. bag. How long is a man supposed to stare at a bag of Dots pretzels before they crack? So I ate it. I, ate, I dug into it yesterday. I ate some Dots pretzels. Yeah. And then uh, I admitted it because the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, I didn't want it to get back to Dave and Bob that somebody was sneaking pretzels. Because I don't feel any guilt about this. Like, no, I'm going to eat your pretzels. You left them here too long. And so uh, I saw them yesterday, and then I guess they uh, spoke about it themselves, or at least Bob did on the show. That was a mistake, sir. Yeah. That was a grave, grave mistake. Uh, Well, what I said was, you can, you know, pick your poison. You can take a professional beating from Bob (laughs) or... Like just a bam, bam, pick you up and throw you down on the floor time after time. From Dave. From me. So choose your poison. First of all, I think I think if I was him, I would go for the precision beat. <laughs> precision beat. Just choke him out. No pain. Yeah. Just He's just unconscious. Uh, first of all, I find that really weird that you're going to – there's an open container of food, whether it's a bag, whether it's a container – and it's not individually wrapped things. That that would almost make sense if we're like right. the you know little candy bars that have their own wrapping. These have been opened and had hands that have gone in there. So you see an open bag and you're gonna dip your greasy, hairy hands in there <laughs> and then put them in your mouth and probably lick your fingers and put that furry mitt right back in there again. That's a weird uh, move. Well, it's weird that Bob thinks that's a weird move because that's that's really telling on himself more than anything very else. Detailed descriptions of your hands. Yeah, why does he got to get into the hair? You know what? I'll be on. Look, I got I got hair. I'm a hairy dude. My back yeah. is hairy. My chest is hairy. My arms are hairy. My legs are hairy. My hands really aren't very hairy. Like they're not. You come take a look at this. I'm putting it up right here in the camera. Like honestly, my hands aren't hairy. Sure. So whatever, Bob, you got the wrong guy when you're talking hairy hands. Maybe you're, I don't know, projecting a little bit. But I don't really care if they've been eating out of that bag. What do I care? Germs? I'm not that worried about germs in a bag of Dots pretzels, especially one that hasn't been touched in over a week. Whatever germs were in there probably died during that time and are just fine. (laughs) That's a fair point. And to call it an open bag, it's sealed. I mean, it's not stale. It's a sealed bag. It's not like bugs or anything have been crawling in there over the course of the week. Wait a minute. It's a sealed bag. But it wasn't yesterday. It was. It had been opened and then was resealed, right? Yes, but it, okay. resealed. Okay. okay. I mean, like, it's it's got a Ziploc on it. Gotcha. I mean, you know, it's, it's not. Resealable. Yes, and it had been sealed during that time. 
So I, I didn't really feel like it was disgusting. Now, as for whether or not, the, the, here's the last question on this, and I'm willing to solicit opinion. While I feel no guilt about eating their bag of pretzels, zero, literally none. It was here too long, statute of limitations, whatever. Jeez. Do you believe that because I've now eaten most of the bag that I owe them a fresh bag? Yeah, 100%. I do too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I wasn't sure if maybe somebody wanted to text in and be like, no way, you don't know them anything, because I'd be happy to listen to the people if you said Wait, I are don't. are you going to be able to go to Costco? Because Bob said he got them at Costco. They're like a jumbo size. Bag. Yeah, they got them elsewhere. I got to go pick something up at, at uh, Fred Meyer, so I can probably get them there, or maybe even at, um, maybe I'll get them individual bags. How about that? That sounds like a pretty because safe Because that's way the to thing about sanitary. Bob's argument. Bob is so full of it. Like, oh, it's okay for him to dig into the bag that Wyman and Lefko have their greasy, they grubby hands into, okay but not mine. Their own afternoon show germs. But oh, not we have cooties. Germs. Yeah. Uh, well, First of all, that's ridiculous. We. <laughs> well, and I think Dave said he pours them into his hand. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Mark could go in with her chopsticks <laughs> and grab some individual. I, no, those are just her fingers, Justin. Down, I, those are just her fingers. I heard their whole response, so I know oh, what yeah. some of their arguments were. Well, wow. JD in the five and I wants to know: Did more adjusting get into them? No, we did not. Why no. not? Because there was a sign on them. Fear. Just don't love them that much. All right, see, Justin just doesn't care about the pretzels. Nah, Mora is unwilling to eat carbohydrates like that before 7 or 8 a.m., <laughs> which is, by the way, probably That's a smart move. I shouldn't be doing it I've either. I've had cupcakes for breakfast here before. But if you're just going to leave the bag of pretzels out there, I mean, a man is only so strong. Just a rule follower. We've established this. Yeah? Is that how you de- define yourself? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a stud rebel. There's a sign on something that says don't do it. I'm like, all right, then. Yeah, I feel like the sign was obnoxious. <laughs> I feel like you were going above and beyond what is appropriate in the workplace for that long. So, uh, again, soliciting all text. Salk, you got to bring in the, mech, the, the next snack. You can't finish the bag. You know what I was thinking of doing? Finishing the bag, blowing it up with air, resealing it, and then leaving it there so that it looks full. What do you think about that? I mean, they've sort of start- doubling, doubling down well, on yeah, your. Yeah, they've sort of turned this into a war. Oh it could have been friendly, and now they've sort of turned it into a war. That's kind of how well, I let feel. it be known that Lefko Moore and I will be on the sidelines watching you guys. Oh, you guys don't want to battle. You don't want to be a part oh, of it. No, Lefko was involved yesterday. He said once you mess with his food. Oh, that's a good point. Lefko cares more than anybody so, in that. He's sense. on the sidelines. Yeah, he's upset too. People are saying I don't have a Costco membership, dude. I got a Costco membership. I live in the Northwest. <laughs> don't don't start taking shots like I'm some sort of outsider. I've lived here for 14 years. All right, I have a Costco membership. I am not some freak walking the streets. You know, can't go to Costco. Fred Meyer's just as local as Costco is. I don't want to hear it out of you. It's just closer to my house. Sheesh. Yes, I'm a freak. I and Bartels is a local really place, too. You. you know what? That is ridiculous. How dare you people? All right. It's com- a beating. Huh? You're going to catch a beating for From that who? text. No, that text is going to catch a beating for that. What is the combined age of Wyman and Bob? Oh, my goodness. Let's not I don't do want to know that. You don't want to know? Uh, Alex you, and you Monroe. Count that high? Alex and Monroe says, I will give you this sulk. Pretzel Rebel is a pretty great brand, <laughs> band name. <laughs> That's me. Stud Pretzel Rebel. <laughs> Mariners make a deal yesterday. Are they buying? Are they selling? Is it still up for debate? Brock's in. We'll discuss next.